Hello everyone and welcome to episode 18 of the Goals Don't Move podcast. Just a quick reminder, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, but remember Goals Don't Move is all one word. In this week's episode, we discuss Greg Clark's resignation as FA chairman, good riddance to him, and we go over game week eight of the Premier League season, which culminated in the Titans of City versus the Giants of Liverpool. Enjoy. Look, it's going to move. Hello, 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 and welcome back to episode 18 of the Goals Don't Move podcast. I am your co-host, James Lamb, and I'm joined by Mr. Philip Addison today to talk a bit more footy before the international break. How are you, Phil? How are you doing? Uh, What's up in your world? Yeah, I'm great. It's been a good week so far, relaxing on a Tuesday after work. Um, you know, no real complaints in my life right now, after except for the international break. That sucks. Mm. I'm, I'm pissed about that. Are you? Yeah, you know, you know my feelings about the international break and just everything that's going on with coronavirus at the moment is just becoming even more complicated. Like the Danish can't come in to us, you know, we can't go to someone, or, you know, it's, it's getting all bloody complicated. So I wish it wasn't about, and I don't really think I would be watching much of it. So yeah, wasted weekend. Yeah, it's like there's there's no games that I want to watch. I don't care about international football unless it's an actual tournament. And it's mm. not an actual tournament. It's friendlies going on during coronavirus, which is the most pointless thing ever because it affects the Premier League. Because mm. these guys traveling all over the world now are way more likely to get COVID. Boom. If someone on, you know, let's say a De Bruyne or a Bruno Fernandez gets COVID from the national team, they got to come back and sit out two weeks. It throws everything off. It throws mm. everything off. And that's it, look, I know we, we're opening on a rant right now, it seems like, which sucks because <laughs> I hate to bring the negative energy early. But what's what's the point right now? You know, I'd rather just sit down again this weekend and watch more Premier League football. You know, maybe some other leagues spice it up a little bit. But now I can't. I I don't have to watch the international, but I don't want to. It's it's not bringing anything to me, especially if it's a friendly. If it's a tournament, different story. I'll watch that all day long. I'm happy to watch that. But these games are pointless, and they're only you know it's only worse with COVID. I think it's stupid. Yeah. Yeah, this is like, like you say, I think it's, just, it's more hassle than it's worth. And uh, even though like, I think there's like France versus Spain or something on to this, like this week, this weekend, you think, oh, yeah, you think that would really get me excited, you know, big, two big teams, blah, blah, blah. It just really doesn't. And I just know it's not going to really interest me. It's, they don't have quite the same feel. So non tournament international football, I don't really care for. I can be well, doing other things. Of, yeah, at the end of the day, none of it matters in the end. It's a friendly, it doesn't count towards yeah. anything. Yeah, like it just—it's—it's it's not worth my time to watch a friendly <laughs> game. It's really not. Just no. stay in the Premier League. Stay in the series. Just, ah, dude, it's—it's it's pointless. But you know what? <laughs> it's not going to stop anytime soon. So there's no point in me wasting my breath on it. No, I think we should let's let's get off the international football and let's get on to back to the Prem. And of course, we can start no nowhere else than the say the breaking news of this evening or of today. Phil, where uh, Greg Clark has now resigned from his. I think he's believed he was the chairman of the FA after some comments he made, quite a few comments he made in a, in a, in a meeting, in a video link committee today. So uh, what are your thoughts about that? Have you heard all the whole story? 
I've I've heard most of the story from what you've told me, and yeah, af- after that, I mean, he should he should resign. I mean, if he doesn't resign, he's getting kicked off regardless. So mm. what I'm what I'm assuming is they were like, hey, resign or you're getting kicked out, and he's like, okay, well, I guess I'll resign. To me, it just sounds like a a bit of a it's it's stupid for him to make these comments. It sounds like you know a closet racist, just you know accidentally you know, spilling like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't mean to say that. I'm sorry, but no, it's like, you, you can't say these things nowadays. Like you can't, you shouldn't be able to say them ever, but he mm. did. And it's, it's pretty messed up and you lost your job because of it. But at this point, should you have ever had it in the first place? You know? Yeah. Do you, do you want to give uh, a background story for, for everyone who doesn't know what we're talking about? Yeah. So um, Greg, Greg Clark, the former FA uh, chairman was in a, in a select committee via video link for the, uh, department for digital culture, media, and sports. Um, they talk about the the racist abuse of players on by trolls on social media, uh, quite ironically. And he uh, made some comments about uh, minority minority players being called. He called them coloured, which isn't great at all. And then he went on to say that uh, he referred to gay players making a life choice, and that young female players don't like the ball being kicked hard at them. So it was a whole array of people he was offending there as well. I believe. I believe the. Um, Part of those comments came in him explaining his previous comments. I think it all was an absolute train wreck for the bloke. So yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with you, mate. It's this no place for it. It felt like a sort of like really ignorant, not knowing like racism that he doesn't even realise he's saying, which is it's just it feels like even deeper ingrained, if you know what I mean. Like obviously like if it's this is this feels like it was just by accident, which makes it feel a bit more ingrained, just kinda of shows the international problem we have. So yeah, Definitely. good that he's gone and we can hopefully move on and and progress you know so yeah well saying Appeared. one was bad enough you know yeah and i won't say he doubled down but he kind of did double down and then he was like oh let me bring up you know uh homosexual footballers and then he said let me bring up women as well and it's like okay so <laughs> one one was gonna do the job like you were done after yeah. one and now you've dug yourself yeah. just like you went from a six foot hole to like an 18 foot hole like <laughs> you're screwed man you're like yeah. don't you can't try it. Uh, it was uh, poor, poor, poor from that man. Very poor. Yeah. So the whole thing's icky and disappointing. So yeah, Good to see him gone. But hey, but now let's feel. Let's move on to the weekend. The weekend's games. Let's get on to the the good stuff. The football um, yeah. stuff we're here to talk about. And what did you think of the weekend overall? We had interesting mix of games. Uh, some some high scoring ones. Some not high scoring. I I personally thought it was relatively dull looking back on it but I think I must have blocked out some of the, the higher score lines but I think all the games I watched I didn't particularly enjoy we'll get on to Arsenal later but what, what about you mate how did you find the weekend overall I feel like we're calming back down after a he- very very hectic start to the season so mm. where is goals flying at the start of the season I'm not saying there's not goals being scored now there are but you know we're starting to see some like Brighton Burnley nil nil West Ham Fulham was one nil like we're starting to see a couple more close games uh mm. You know, lower scores, which I don't know what that's down to yet. Maybe a little more calming of the game. People, you know, we've been back for a couple months now. Mm. Or, you know, people, you know, fitness is back up after such a short restart or a short break off that all the players had. Now we're, everyone's getting back to full fitness. Everyone's feeling good. So I don't, I don't know what exactly it is. But, yeah, I will say I've that we've, we've mentioned that trend the last three weeks. The games have definitely been uh, more tame than they were before. Mm. Do I enjoy it? Not particularly. I mean, I still love watching it, of course. 
But when the, when the goals were flying at the beginning of the season, everything was going crazy. That was awesome. But yeah. it, you always expected it to sort of calm back down, and now we've kind of gotten to that point. And we're starting to see the, the table take a little bit more shape. Um, so, yeah, I think um, overall we're in a good spot. It has bored, bored, eh, gotten a little more boring per se to maybe a, a neutral viewer. But, you know, we're, we're in a good spot. We're in a good spot right now. So yeah. with that, shall we jump into the games? Um, Let's do it. First thing I, first thing I want to mention, I mean, Brighton Burnley, nil-nil. That's that's got nil nil kind of written all over it in my opinion with how both mm. are playing the season. So as much as I just love talking about both these teams, I want to point out Southampton because Southampton played Newcastle. Southampton beat Newcastle. Uh, unfortunately, our guy Danny Ings did not get on the score sheet. Hate to see it. I don't think he's in your fantasy lineup. He's not mine, so it doesn't matter. Nah. But Southampton had maybe. Maybe tweet of the season slash they made the t-shirt of the season. When Southampton finished their game, they were top of the table. Uh, game in hand, obviously, or other teams had game in hands, but they were top for a you know a couple of hours, which was great to see. Well, uh, politics wise, I don't know if how many people have been following this, but Donald Trump had a hilarious tweet the other day saying "Stop the count," referring to votes uh-huh. being counted. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't I'm not in the politics like that, but hilarious tweet because I guess he wanted them to stop counting votes because he knew he was going to lose the election. Well, Southampton said, that's funny. And we're top of the league. Boom, made a T-shirt that said, stop the count, showing Southampton won. I believe Liverpool was second. Very funny, very funny T-shirt and mad credit to whoever's at Southampton designing this shit because you love to see it. But I will also give a special shout out to the actual players in Hassenhudel who deserve it. They were top of the table. You know, we're eight weeks in. That's crazy. Big shout out to them. And they're playing some real good football. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, the shirt I feel I feel, I feel, feel less good about. I really don't know if it's if it's funny or, or, or cringy, but I'll, I'll go with your side. It's relatively funny. Yeah, it's topical. It's fast on their feet. I've got to agree with you there, mate. You know, they got that merch out quick, so fair play to them. And then, like you say, fair play to Southampton. We always, I think people always bring up that, was it like 8-0? They lost to Leicester. At home nine, or something like that, you nine. know, they got, you know, they got absolutely spanked. So everyone brings that that up, that you know, that result up. But they really have been trans. They really have you know transformed into a really good team. I think you always historically Southampton had that kind of wonder run when they kind of came up from League One after having some troubles uh, with Ricky Lambert, and they kind of stayed in the Prem. They kind of they were good, you know, if you know, but they were bottom half, you know, kind of struggling, kind of keeping up. And Hassan, and that's kind of what, where where Hassel found them really, and he's he's pushed them up. To play in really good football, and I think they deserve to be where they are. You know, it's not a fluke that they've they find themselves in fourth now, winning five of the first eight games. So they, he's got them running, and they look they look they look solid. Obviously, Danny Ings has, has hurt his knee; he's out for what is it? Was that a month and a half, six weeks? I think I That's saw. That's why so. they were playing. I should have known. There we go. <laughs> but then you know, she Adam stands up, uh, stands up, and uh, and gets the goal, the first goal of the game, and he looks good. You know, thinking about maybe putting my fancy team, but we'll see. Um, so yeah. Fair play to them, and they, they deserve to be there. And if they make a bit of money for the shirts, that's that's funny as well. That's good. I might buy one. I like the shirts a lot. They're probably <laughs> yeah, already sold it. out. I will say this. Two other points in <laughs> that's optimistic. It is. It is. Um, Southampton sold their, one of their best players. In my opinion, their, their best player. I guess second best player because Danny Ings is Danny Ings. 
they sold Hoiberg to Southampton. Or mm. Sorry, to uh, to Tottenham. And Hoiberg, <laughs> yeah. I will say, has been crushing it at Tottenham. He's been doing very well. He's looking good, yeah. He, yeah, he's looked very good. So not only did they sell one of their best players, which is you know not not great, but I mean they brought in replacements. Obviously, they're doing well. They're stopping the mm. count. They're top. They were top of the table. Um, <laughs> Southampton, I remember end of last season after losing nine nil to Leicester, actually gained more points. They gained my stats could be slightly wrong here because it's been a while. I want to say they gained forty four points after that game, and Leicester gained forty two. Since the new season started, obviously, well, let's check now. Leicester City are first, but. I want to say they've slightly outscored Leicester City or maybe even on points with Leicester City bringing in this season hmm. from their 9 be, They'd be level. They'd be so level. They, yeah. yeah, they would be level because they're two points behind. I just pulled up the table. So that's phenomenal from Southampton. They Since that defeat last season, they have been looking out of this world. And I hope to see it. You know, want to see the trend continue. A couple of these smaller teams doing very, very well. So that's our big, big shout out to Southampton. Mm. I'm going to buy the shirt. Yeah. I'm buying the shirt. <laughs> Class team. Okay. So next we have uh, my favorite game of the week. Was it the most entertaining? No. Was it the most exciting? No. Well, maybe. Maybe. Because <laughs> we didn't have a lot of great results this week. But, mm. of course, my favorite game of the week, Manchester United beat Everton 3-1. to one. Bruno Fernandez scoring twice and assisting one to the man, the myth, the legend, Edison Cavani, who I don't believe did his signature shooting the arrow celebration. I'm still waiting for that. No, I don't I'm think he did. Waiting for that. I want. I really want to see that. He's he's going to do it at an important moment. Like he's going to score the goal that takes us from like from like eighth place to like sixth place last day of the season, and that's going to be when he when he busts out that move. That's going to be it. So it's like. We yeah we get Europa League next season very cool. You can tell my confidence is just brimming about our, our team right now. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. But yeah, I thought uh, I thought United played very well. I was a big fan, big fan of that. Obviously, Everton missed some chances. Uh, my favorite chance Everton missed. Uh, did you watch the game, James? We did. Yeah. You remember when Dinia had a great shot or a great chance to cross the ball into Calvert Lewin? And Calvert-Lewin's making a phenomenal run in the box, and Dina goes, screw this, I'm shooting. Hits the post, goes yeah. out of play. I've mm. never seen – I've seen it before a couple of times, but you don't often see the reaction you see from Dominic Calvert-Lewin. The face mm. that man made, the body expression, because he could not have been more wide open. If he scores yeah. that, I, we're talking about a completely different game right now. Mm. But Was that was that 1-0? That, I want to say it was that 1-0, yeah. Or maybe it was 1-1. But – Boom, hands out, shouting, just just he looked like a very, very upset man. He looked like he was like he'd never seen he looked like he just watched someone die. <laughs> it was I think he shouts hilarious. I think he shouts Luca. I think he's like mm. Luca. That might have been other, it. That's probably yeah. it. Mm. So that was awesome to see. Bruno Fernandez <laughs> looking better and better almost every time I see him play. Like he is say world class almost i don't have the stats right now to back myself up but he has been scoring a lot of goals recently and he's been you know given some of them been penalties but he has completely changed since he's come in manchester united as a whole would you say he's 
teetering on the edge of world class, heading towards world class. I know I texted you and I said Bruno Fernandez is world class, but I think I'd had I don't know if I had been drinking at that point. I don't think I'd been drinking at that point. That was a little early for me on a Saturday to be drinking. So um, what are, what's yeah, your, you could what's be wrong. What's your take on it? What's your take on it? Do you think Bruno Fernandez he's heading there for sure if he's not already there? It's not a light term to throw around. Mm. But given, you know, even when he was at uh Sporting Lisbon, which is obviously obviously in a weaker league, the man was crushing it. Now, he's coming to the Premier League still crushing it. I believe he's first in goals scored for midfielders even if you take out penalties and assists for midfielders since he joined. Yeah, well, that's, the toughest league in the uh, world. Well, I got it. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, film. Say he's on the on the way. I just don't. I got, we haven't seen enough from him yet. But what we have seen, I agree with you, has been good. There's been maybe a few. He looked a little bit tired towards the end of last season, but that's because he played like three times a week for about two months. So that's fair enough for to him. But the whole United team did, and he, there was been a few games I'd say at the beginning of the season he's looked. Just kind of like, yeah, he's had a so-so game, which is fair enough. You know, those games happen. So, but what you can say is definitely made you guys better. I don't know where you'd be without him. Um, uh, well, you just have another yeah. penalty taker, which would score your goals. But um, uh, yeah, he's yeah, been, yeah. he he comes up with, you know, he's a creator. He comes up with these opportunities and he and he does get in the box and scores goals. So he's definitely made, he, yeah, I think he must be your most important player, at least attacking wise anyway. Um, he makes you click. So, is he just are you, is he just being flattered by not so many good players around him? But no, I think I'm is just it, being just being kind to the man because because uh, we didn't have a good week this week. So yeah, um, you should be you should be he deserves it. Mm. Is it more of a consistency thing for you? If you want to see it, like obviously the last like he's looked very good, put up great numbers. Is it something when you think world class you want to see over a long period of time, say like four yeah. to six years, and then you're like um, okay, he's. You could say he's performing at no, a very I don't class know. level, but he's not world. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if you have to go that long four to six years because I'd say Mo Salah's world class. Um, yeah, and I'd, he's been that for years now. Yeah, but we'd say we would have said he was world class. Would you say he was world class like before they won the league? Yeah, he probably would have because he scored all those goals. He's so performing at a world class level, if we're using the yeah. same argument for Fernandez, because I think there should be there should be another because I think obviously world class. When you think of world class, you think of the pinnacle, but I think you've got to have Messi and Ronaldo. They're on a different level. They've got a different word for themselves. They're not. Yeah. They're not world class. I think they're legend. That's where they are now. They're legends. So I think that. I think because that's why I always think. I think can you compare it to those two? I don't think you can. So, um, but yeah, I think that's to answer your question. I rambled, but I think to answer your question. I think yeah, you've got a bit more longevity. He's been doing it for, you'd say nearly a year. Well, what was it? When did he join? January. So nearly January. a year now. Um. So yeah, like he's he's definitely getting there, mate. If he carries on for another year, then definitely. Good to hear. Good to hear. Hey, and uh, here's him carrying on for another year, at least, mm. at least yeah. another year. So we <laughs> yeah. love to see that. Man United get the win three one over Everton. Everton in a bit of a downfall. Mm. Are we surprised? I think they're. Again, I think that this is the this is the one thing. This is the thing we we asked asked of them really, didn't we? We we kind of said they can they show it sometimes, but they don't do it consistently. Or maybe against the big teams, and even though United's yeah. league position doesn't show it, they you are still a big team with with good players on it. And you expect them to be to be up there. So again, it just felt a bit a bit, a bit flat for them. So obviously, they took the lead through a, a bit of a strange goal from Bernard. It kind of hit it strangely and kind of found its way into the bottom corner. Um, yeah. 
But I do think they've got some injuries. Obviously, um, Hammers was coming back. He looked a bit tired. Uh, he didn't look quite match fit enough yet. Um, so he's been their creative spark in the middle. And no Richarlison, because I believe that was his last game of his suspension, I believe. So um, and he's, a, he's, a, you know, he's a hard worker up front. He's good for the press and things. So I think they were missing a, a, a few key QP, QP, a few key people at their at their max. So yeah, yeah unfortunately for Everton, the gloss is slightly going off there, off their um, the start of the season. But they're still seventh. You know, they're still only three points off fourth. You know, Champions League. So they're still in and about, but it is three losses on the trot now, actually, and another draw. Only one win from five. So they they don't want to lose too much ground. They want to they want to keep they want to keep going. So yeah, yeah, they're they're falling at what we thought they would do. So yeah, a bit worrying. I've- I will say all three without Richarlison, who is definitely a difference maker. And I think with mm. Richarlison coming back from suspend, from suspension after the international mm. break, I I want to say Everton will be back up and firing. You know, they have, assuming yeah. everyone else stays fit, they have Dina, who was obviously back um, against Man United. They have uh, James, who is back again, but like you mm. mentioned, didn't look, maybe not fully fit. And then they have yeah. Richarlison coming back, who's been fully fit this entire time, just suspended. I mm. think they'll they'll be back to full force, and I think they'll get back to firing. It, it is, again, yeah. they do it against the big six. Like, mm. we knew they drew Liverpool. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. They should have yeah. lost them. I th- but, so, you know, the thing, they're going to have to outscore teams. You know, <clears throat> that, that good old American football phrase, you know, offense gets, offense gets you the playoffs, but defense wins championships. And I think it's the same with... The Premier, it's the pressure to score loads of goals, so they're going to have to outscore teams because the defense is going to going to let them in. And Pickford's probably up from mistakes soon again as well. So, oh yeah, <clears throat> they're going to have to they're going to have to outscore teams, which is always tricky. It always puts more pressure on you. So, well, we always have to outscore teams, but you know what I mean. They're going to have to get three or four a game if they want to win games. So, um, that could take out our teams. <clears throat> well, Pickford's well overdue for a mistake. Is that something I can bet <laughs> on? Like Pickford making a mistake next match. Yeah, because he didn't do one. In, he didn't. I don't think he did one in the last match. Anyway, one not the no, one that led to no. a goal. Anyway, so. Well, I guess you could yeah. argue it was like he could have come out and caught the cross, but he thought Rashford was going to head it in. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the one that's that's not. I can't blame the goalkeeper there because it freezes him, doesn't he? Because he has to, he has to watch Rashford, and to be fair, Rashford probably should have scored, but hey, he did yeah. his job. Doesn't matter. Fernando's got it. Yeah, and United got the win. Okay, that's enough talk about United because uh, I just keep smiling and thinking about that game. <laughs> Crystal Palace, I, I still I smile when I think about this game too. Crystal Palace beat Leeds 4-1. And Crystal Palace mm. looked pretty solid. But again, Leeds looked pretty good on the attack, just couldn't put it away. I will say harsh call to Patrick Bamford from VAR Oof. once Oof. again. Like, Is that the worst worst offsides call you've seen? Oh. Is, it, is it worse <sighs> than the Liverpool-Everton game? Or yeah, that is the worst one. Offside? Because he all these things the, are pointing, he's saying this yeah. is where I want the ball, and boom, he's offsides. Mm, yeah, again, it's just it's, it's making the arm just a, a rant, like a random prohibited object that you just can't control. Do you know what I mean? Because again, he's pointing to where the ball's going. He looks so onside; it's unbelievable as well from the I'm other picture, like from the line. It just looks so obviously onside, but of course he's. Just because he's got long arms, his sleeves slightly longer than the other guy. It just it just looked awful. So I'm I'm sad we have to constantly talk about these VR decisions. But that was yeah, that was the worst yet. Tragic. It's a constant topic. I will say his other goal was very nice. Uh, I yeah, yeah, it was a nice finish. Like little half volley. So that's good. And 
Mm. I believe you had Bamford on your bench this week in fantasy. I did, but you, you're going to yeah. get a bit of egg on your face here, mate, because he came on. He can't. That's right. Yeah, I got uh, Phil Foden didn't play. I've had I had another bit of an absolute roller coaster with Bamford. I decided to put Hammers in because I thought you're coming in. United look crap against us. Hammers will score a goal, but he didn't look very good. So he got me two points. I was like, damn, Bamford's on my bench. Of course, he scores. They give it offside. I'm, th- I'm like, thank God, because I'm not going to not get the, not getting those points. No one else is. But then he scores. So I'm like, could have been worse. And then Foden didn't play in my midfield. So then Bamford comes, came on. So now I'm even more furious about the VAR because it was a crap decision. I had no idea that was a thing. The more, mm. the more you learn every single week. Every single week passes by, I learn something new about fantasy. You didn't realize your substitutes came in if people didn't play? No, I had no idea. <laughs> that's why... I'll tell you what, that's why all my substitutes right now are at the are, are like the lowest available players you can buy because I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> Literally had no idea. <laughs> I'd be had a good week though. It worked out. I, I beat you in points again. You did. You did. Yeah. That's, Slowly that's Fernandez. Yeah, he should have been my captain. I believe he had seventeen points. Something seventeen crazy. points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Should have been my two captain. goals and assist. Or was it just two I goals? Mean, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. It's okay, though. <laughs> I'm not upset because I'm still coming back. Um, hey. One more thing I want to talk about from this game is yeah. the own goal. Yeah. You've got to save that. You've got to yeah, save it's that. a real weird one. Yeah. He just it's reacts not, bare late. And it's not even going that fast. <laughs> it's like the slowest near post shot you could ever face of all time. And he mm. looks at it and dives about a second after it goes past him. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? That was that was awful. I don't have too much to yeah. say about that because what else am I going to say? Like, dude, you suck? Yeah, he does, clearly. He's not good. I mean, it was, he's fine. But poor, poor, It was a strange poor. one. That was very poor from him. Yeah, because it, like, it felt like he was like, obviously, they crossed it down the left, held a, is it Helga Costa? Helga Costa. Uh, Helga Costa, yeah. Got a toe, got a toe in it, and it, I don't know if the keeper thinks the ball's coming across the six-yard box and isn't going in. It looks like he doesn't realize it's going in until the last, until it's past him. Do you know what I mean? He thinks it's maybe I don't know coming yeah. towards him. He's like, oh, there it is. Oh my god, that's actually going in. Then he dives. So yeah, yeah. it's a bit of a bit of a brain fart there, and I believe that was for three-one as well. So they just kind of yeah just made it back into the game. I think um, yeah. So they've gone two 0 down. Bamford gets them back into it two one, and then that's three one just before half time. So yeah, a bit of a killer there, unfortunately for them. Bit of a uh, bit of a gaff all round. Well, if there's a lower half team you think can come back, it's Leeds United because offensively they've been pretty damn good this season. But mm. they didn't. I'm happy they didn't. Jordan Ayew tops the game off in the 70th minute, and it's four one Crystal Palace. So mm. and I, I will be, I will say I'm going to say. Eze's free kick was my goal of the week. I know we don't do this every oh, week, yeah. but I'm bringing it. I'm resurfacing it because it was just a fantastic free kick in off the bar. You love to see it, so that's that's the goal of the week for me. That was wonderful. And did he did mm. he come from Reading? I believe. Uh, no, he came from QPR. QPR very similar kit. I can see why you were that was it. where yeah, you came from. Very, yeah, very similar kit. Queens Park Rangers. Mm. I don't know that's how how they are if they're any good, but I'm sure uh, they're in the championship. Crystal Palace are very happy. Well, yeah, they were in the Prem like mm. a long, not that long ago. Yeah, this year, like 2012, 2013. Yeah, maybe about 2015. They were in the Prem. One season. He did, and it was crap. Yeah, well, he was getting old. 
QPR is not yeah. good. So whatever happens, happens. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. We'll take this one quickly. It's Chelsea Sheffield United. Chelsea beat Sheffield United 4-1. to one. Congratulations, Chelsea. But special shout-out to our guy Dave McGoldrout getting the first goal of the game. You'd love to see mm. Yeah. Um, proving us wrong every single week. Well, whenever he scores, he's proving us whenever wrong. Whenever he scores, which is not every single yeah. week, which is why he has no. the McGoldrout nickname. Yes. <laughs> but I think that, that was the first goal of the game, wasn't it? Yeah, so it they was. took a surprise yeah. lead. Um, and then you've got to say Chelsea kind of took over. Um I think we can. This is a. I think we can gladly say this is a pat on the back for the goals don't move podcast because I think we, we, we semi predicted at the start. You know the the pieces are coming together for Chelsea. They're they're starting to get. They haven't quite got all their their uh, their new their summer signings in the starting line, but once at the moment they're still in the Premier League. They're still waiting for Havertz to join them. Yeah. Um, but ZH came in. I don't know if this was his debut. I think he might have played um, previously. Maybe came on, but this was his first start. And he, yeah, and he came. He, this was his first start, and he. He showed his worth and he looked like a really nifty player and got two assists for them. Thiago Silva scored, Chilwell scored, a funny goal. Werner scored at the end. Um, so, yeah, they're all coming together, Phil. I think we, we can pat ourselves on the back So we said they would. I want to pat ourselves on the back, but it's like so did everyone else. Everyone else is like, oh, this team's going to be really good. And we were also like, this team's going to be really good. Of course, there's the outlier that was like, they're not going to jail. They're going to suck this season. That wasn't us. That wasn't us. So yeah, but you got you got to take it when you can, Phil. We've been we've I been wrong agree. too many times. We have been wrong far too many times. So I'm more than happy <laughs> to take this win. This is a win for we're the, like a, the podcast. We're like baseball batters, you know what I mean? We we're around what two fifty. Yeah, we're like a very average baseball player. We're hitting. Yeah, actually, I think two fifty is pretty good. We're very oh, really two hundred. Say like two hundred. Yeah, we're probably batting two hundred right. Maybe two twenty. Maybe two twenty on a good day. Yeah, I'll give us two twenty. Why not? Yeah, we're batting two twenty. And yeah. you know, sometimes sometimes you hit home run as well. I wouldn't call mm. I wouldn't call this a home run. I, I have my home run and I, I have a grand slam actually, and I'll mention it at the end of the podcast. <laughs> I do have a grand slam, and but I'm still batting like two twenty, but I have a grand slam. So that's very cool. I'm happy with that. But yeah, good to see okay. you know, I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah, you will. You will. And you're gonna be like, Yeah, you were right. Um, three out of four Chelsea scorers were new signings. Chilwell, Thiago Silva, and Werner. So good for them. Lampard's got them playing pretty well recently. Upset they didn't score three because their kit sponsor is three. Would have been cool to keep with the trend, but you yeah. know, whatever. Sometimes it doesn't, yeah. have, doesn't come off for you. Um, okay. One of my favorite penalty misses of all time is in this, this next game. West Ham yeah. won, Fulham nil. West Ham score super late. Mm. And Fulham get a penalty even later. I want to say it's in the 95th. Our yeah. guy, Adam Lookman, comes up, ice in his veins, steps back, gets up ready to take the penalty, rolls up, and I've never seen a weaker Panenka in my life. That yeah. was awful. Not only do you pull Panenka, you also do it straight at the keeper. Mm. Who's diving? Who's pretty much dove, and is yeah, like, no, let me stop that real quick because he's got time. When that Panenka goes, he's got time to walk off the pitch, go grab a pint, come back on, finish the pint, and still <laughs> save the Panenka. That's how slow this thing was. Yeah, and to do yeah. that in the 95th minute when you're on a team like Fulham who needs to fight for every single point they can get this season, 
Oh, yeah. man. That's bad. That's bad. Oh. And I have a quote, oh. a very, very short quote here from, uh, oh, from Scott Parker. I'm disappointed and angry. And I think that's <laughs> how every Fulham fan felt. I was disappointed. I was angry. And I don't even care about Fulham that much. You just, mm. that's so dumb and you hate to see it. Oh, yeah, mate. Oh, like, this whole game, you didn't, if you just turned on an extra time, you would have found everything we're going to talk about. Um, yeah, mate. And I, I must admit, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to claim it here. I semi predicted it beforehand. We were watching it in the living room and I said, I said, this feels like the sort of situation where these sort of teams miss these penalties. You know, it yeah. comes, they played, I don't know, we, I, we semi watched the game. It sounds like, you know, a typical West Ham sort of home game. Nothing really happens. They had shots, but no, no real, you know, back and forth, blah, blah, blah. But then, of course, they get a late, get late, 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 late winner to break Fulham's heart. And you think, oh, poor Fulham. And then suddenly they get a lifeline to, to you know, snatching a, a good away point. And it just feels like the typical situation that these teams miss. And this just shouts relegation team if you miss these sort of pens. But this was... This is stamping on people's foreheads when they come in the ground, sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, horrendous pen, a horrendous pen. This is—it's not a confident confidence boost. And like you say, he even doesn't even put it in down the middle. He puts it down to the right, and Fabianski's just there, lapping it up, waiting for it to come. So it's oh blimey, awful. Yeah, I horrendous mean, he pen. Looked, he looked like he was about to cry at the end, and rightfully so. Yeah. Because if yeah. I did, well, first of all, I would never do that. I don't have the ball, no. but you should. Because I, I think that's I think that's harder to do than just a normal penalty in such a high risk and a high pressure situation. Why are you trying quite a technical pen? Yeah, if you're going to go one direction, just blast it down the middle. Do you know what I mean? Yes, hundred percent. If you're nervous, let someone else take it. Mm. Like, dude. Well, clearly he wasn't nervous. That's why I tried the panenka. But come oh, on, man. God. What? What was that? That was that's it's up there with worst pens of all time, I think. Hundred percent. And there have been a lot mm. of awful penalties, like De Bruyne's penalty against Liverpool, but easily this takes a cake. Miss of the week for sure. Yeah. Awful. Poor Fulham. Yeah. Poor Fulham. I won't even say poor Adamola Lookman because I really don't feel that bad for you. I really don't. He's a professional. You should be scoring. He's a pro. You gotta score that every I mean Look, you don't have to score every single pen. Bruno Fernandez misses pens. Obviously, Kevin De Bruyne missed a pen this weekend. But if you miss a pen like that, that yeah, that's pretty. That has to go in. Like, there's no excuse. That has to go in. Do you know what I mean? That's a penalty you do when you're up like four nil, and you're like, yeah. oh, like I'm just messing with the other team at this point, and you kind of want to slap rub it in. in the face. Yeah. Mm. Or if you're like Ibra on a hat trick, that's like something he would do. Like that's perfectly cap off your hat trick, mm. but no, Adam Lookman tries it in a struggling Fulham team in the 95th minute to lose a very important point. Yeah. Sucks to see, but cool. doesn't matter to me. Okay. So Ruthless. Tottenham played West Brom, beat them one nil. I don't have much to say about this game because I transferred in Kane and son this week. And unfortunately they didn't have the link up. You know, I would have liked to see Tottenham mm, probably could have scored a few more. Well, no, sorry. I only transferred in Sone. Oh, okay. You have, you have Sone and Kane. I only have Sone I because do. I'm kind of broke in fantasy right now. <laughs> I did captain him this week, which uh, 
I took away it from Salah, which we'll get on to. So that wasn't probably the best decision, but yeah, yeah. Um, it felt like a typical sort of Tottenham. Even though, like, I feel like these fantasy games come up, and you think, "Oh, yeah." You see, you look at your team, you think, "Okay, Son, West Brom away, done, captain." Money. Don't even think about Money. it. Yeah. But then, obviously, you know, players can't score every game, and sometimes they have quiet ones. And Tottenham have these sort of games. I feel away from home. Um, you know, where they 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 just don't quite click, but as usual, the person that steps up and, and does the business for them is a big hazard cane. So that may be the difference, you know, between them and some other teams, you know, they've got that world-class striker that turns up and scores goals. So yeah, fair play to him. But yeah, like you, like you, like you said, I've got not too much to say about that. Hey, a Mourinho team getting a one, nil win. Yeah. Seen it a million times. Brendan Barr. Yeah. Brendan Seen Barr. It a million times. So yeah, that's all I've got to say about that game too. Uh, another quick one, Leicester City playing Wolverhampton Wanderers. Leicester City win 1-0 off a Jamie Vardy penalty. Jamie Vardy also misses a penalty, but it doesn't mm. matter because they got the dub. And that's, at the end of the day, the most important thing. Now, I do have an interesting Jamie Vardy statistic to read to you, James, if you're ready. Mm. I am ready. Jamie, okay. Jamie Vardy scored eight goals this season, Right. Six of Jamie Vardy's goals, of the eight goals, have been penalties. In just eight appearances this season, Vardy has had three matches where he has taken two penalties in one match, like this match against Wolves, even though he missed one. Uh, Jamie Vardy, I mean, obviously, like he's been crushing it for a long time. Still scoring, so it doesn't really matter, especially if you have him in fantasy. But we'll see. If he's not scoring open play goals... I can't see Leicester, who are currently at the top of the table, staying at the top of the table for that much longer. They do have other creative outlets. Your Tielemans, great player. James Madison, obviously, who I couldn't remember for the life of me last time. <laughs> great player. Super embarrassed about that still. But um, yeah, I don't know. And Wolves kind of kind of just being in perpetual fluster this season, it seems like. You know, they're not the Wolves. We uh I mean, they're in ninth. Like it's not bad, but you know, mm. maybe expected a little starter hot, a hotter start from them this season. Expecting them to be above teams like Crystal Palace, obviously Villa in sixth. But you know, if if this was if there's any season for Wolves to really break out and and crush it like mm. like they did last year, this is this would have been the one to do it. They're still only five points off the top, so I can't you know get that mad with them. But mm. yeah, I think that's just the way Wolves are, though, aren't they? Like that's kind of they're never going to be too high scoring. They're quite defensive, you know, structured team so yeah they, they they have these sort of games where they just don't really look like um do too much and we we watched this game but then also didn't sort of watch this game it was pretty dull we saw the we saw the, the obviously the two left the two left the penalties um the second one wasn't good from jamie went the same way and shisho saved it um but apart from that it was pretty dead uh I think we ended up watching quite a lot of Vine videos on YouTube. Wow. That's how exciting this game was. So, um, but, but hey, the Vine videos were hilarious, by the way. It was a good, good bit of nostalgia, that was. It was um, Yeah, they were hilarious. Always good. But, yeah, not really much to say about this game. But on your Jamie Vardy point, yeah, it's a little bit worrying. You know, even though the stats are still there, the the, the, the way he's scoring maybe is a little bit worrying. You'd like him to see some... See some you know, get some more goals from open play, but he's always been a poacher and things anyway. So I don't think it, the opportunities will come. I'm sure he can adapt his game. I feel obviously the running behind and all that sort of stuff, but 
this part of his game, but I think he's still a good poach in the box when he needs to be. So I shouldn't be too worried about Jamie too much. You know, he's still going to get the, the pens. As long as he keeps scoring the pens, you know, the, the, the goals keep ticking over. That's what you want to see. So that's what he's doing his job then. So well, if the pens start drying up and he isn't scoring from open play, maybe they should be a bit worried. But yeah, they're okay you're scoring, you're winning. It really doesn't matter at the end of the day how you're getting the goals. Yeah, so, exactly. But if that stops, there's the issue. Hmm. So we'll see. Only time will tell. Currently top of the table, mm. so they can't really be that upset. No. <laughs> That's very true. Okay. Our what should have been, what could have been, what we all hoped would be the game of the week, Man City-Liverpool ended in a one-all draw. James, I'm just going to let you take this one over. You, you, you say what you got to say about this one, and I'll, you know, I'll chime in here and there. Yeah, sure. Well... It was a game of, I think they described it in the in the commentary as a game of two pens. And uh, I think the the Liverpool one, it was a pen. Carl Walker was clumsy going through Mane. You could see what he was, Mane was definitely clipped and threw him off balance and Salah took it nicely. And then um, City get a pen in the, in the in the, I believe it was in the first half. Um, or was it in the second half? I can't remember now, but they get a pen and... Late first half, they get it, and De Bruyne inexplicably puts it wide of the left-hand post. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't expect uh, De Bruyne to miss the target from there. Um, yeah, unfortunate. I think that again, that just I don't know if that's symbolic of City just not quite clicking, not quite being maximising their their potential. Um, you'd think if you know for Liverpool, it's a bit of a light, bit of a let off, and you're going to say that. Um, a one-one draw away, you take it. As Liverpool doesn't City aren't getting any closer, and it probably feels like a bit of a loss for City because they probably think they should have won the game with the, with the penalty miss. So, yeah. Uh, but Jesus, a lovely goal, nice little turn to get past Joe Gomez, or was it Trent? Actually, it might have been Trent. A little nice little flick to get into the penalty box with his right foot, and then a nice finish past uh, Adrian. So, Jesus is um, is uh, getting on the score sheet, which is good to see. Um, I'll leave. I'll leave your. Um, You've got a nice little little comment about the, the goal scorers today, don't you, Phil? Oh, you want me to say it now? I'll say, I'll say it now. Uh, so the two goal scorers, obviously 1-1. One, one. Uh, Mohammed won, Jesus, or Jesus won. There we go. That's my, my funny goal scoring plug. World peace has been achieved. We're all equal. Yeah. There we go. Okay, so Boom. after... Football after the, the world, game, Phil. Yes. around the world. Yeah, we're good to go. We we just solved, you know, all the world's problems. Clearly. 2000 years of history. Yeah, and it's all come mm. to this point. Yeah. <laughs> so so after the game, um both, I believe, I, I know for sure Klopp, I know Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's been complaining about it like fixture congestion and all this, but and it, it leads back to this point. Um the five subs from last season. And I know a lot of teams around Europe, a lot of leagues are still having this five sub rule as opposed to the three currently in the Premier League. Klopp mm. was very upset with it. I think Guardiola has been upset with it. I can see, and it was a vote, and I believe 14 teams voted against five subs. I can see why 14 teams, you know, obviously your top six are probably the ones voting to keep the five subs because they have a plethora of better players. Whereas the bottom 14 teams don't have as good of players sitting in the bench and the reserves that they can call up at any time. But looking at it from, you know, an injury, you know, we're in a pandemic. 
Every, a lot of people are getting hurt from a shortened preseason. Alexander Arnold got hurt in this game. You know, the, Klopp and Guardiola wanted the five subs clearly, and that kind of sh- you know Alexander Arnold getting hurt kind of showed why. I'm sure a ton of their players are tired. Where do, where are you standing on the five sub thing? I know we've gone over it once before. You know, with them reverting back to three. Mm. If if right now you could change it and put it back to five. Uh, you know, completely neutral perspective. Are you putting it back to five or are you leaving it at three? I, I'd put it back to five. Um, I get the argument against, but I think I think it, it's a, you want to see, I think a player safety and a player, you know, I think player safety is a, is a definitely a, a contributing factor. Um, you want to see the players, you, know, you want to see all the players injured. And it does, it does feel like there's just a ton of games. And I don't think it's, I don't think you should necessarily, I don't think you punish the players because they're getting paid millions of pounds and well, the, the big ones are anyway, but it does feel like a lot of games and it just feels like five subs versus three subs. Yeah, I get the difference, but they still do them in, in three set in three op, three sections. I didn't I didn't mind that when they, they, they uh you know three instances of subs, you can do the five the five substitutions. So Yeah. Yeah, I'm for it. I think it just gives you a bit of leeway. Um and yeah, you don't have to use them. We might not use them all all the time, but they do use them, you know, when you need some, so yeah, I'm 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 all for it. I think player safety and player fitness is probably paramount over anything else at the moment. Uh, just to get players through it, you don't want to you don't want to fatigue them as well during a pandemic. You don't want to make it even worse. Yeah, I agree. I'm completely on the same side. I think uh, you know we're in a very special situation. Uh, special sounds like the wrong word. We're in a very unique situation mm. in the world mm. right now. And I think uh, obviously it needs to be taken into account. You, you need five subs in the premier league right now at this point. And it, if it's done right, you know, we can stop a lot of these injuries. Luke Shaw got injured over the weekend and uh, Ole was pissed about that. And I would be too, um, you know, and it's just from congestion. I believe he's played like 90 minutes in six of our last seven games, which have come in a span of just over two weeks. Like these players need rest. And I think yeah. uh, I saw another thing the other day. Man United and Man City will be playing a midweek game, which I, I like because I can watch as much Man United as I want, it feels like, uh, even if they're not great right now. But they will be playing a midweek game until the end of the year. At least one midweek game until the end of the year. That's absurd. Yeah, so that's, that's a lot. Not, not only are we in the middle of a pandemic, but they're having to play even more than normal. And we're mm. obviously, you know, we've got players coming away to international. Like, come on, like something, mm. something's got to change. I think if they if they redo the vote now, I don't know if it would change, but I think it should. I think we've got to get it's got to be five subs because otherwise, just wait till these big like obviously Trent Alexander Arnold's a big name. Like, if you get a Mohamed Salah hurt from from fixture congestion, a Bruno Fernandez, a De Bruyne, you know, it's it's really starts to become a bad look. And then the teams are going to be upset. The managers clearly already are, but mm. it's, I think five subs needs to come back and come back as soon as possible. Potentially after the international break, who knows? Mm. I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna blame the, I'm gonna blame the international breaks just because I don't like them. But they, they, it's just they, they, the way they've done with the old Euro Nations leagues, it just feels like there's just so many games. It feels like there's maybe I'm completely wrong. I just imagine it because I just don't like it. But it just feels like there's too many games and. Everything, like you say, like we're we're still still paying the the price of the lockdown earlier in the year with all the delayed fixtures, so that become even more congested. So we don't want the. Well, I think the players have already become products. They're already you know numbers to the to FIFA and all the the big corporations. So 
Yeah. But it, it is worrying because, again, they, they could just be burning these players out, playing twice a week for their whole whole careers and it just ruining them. So we want to see the best players playing. We want to see everyone playing. We want to see everyone fit and healthy and giving their best. We don't want it, and, it's, and, it, and we don't want it to be. We don't want them to be injured just through like greed. We want it obviously to be, to be through competition and actually, you know, don't want it to be ulterior motives that are ruining these players. So, yeah, it's, yeah I, I, I just don't like international breaks at all. And the more games, the better, the worse for them. So, yeah. So one more thing on the international breaks: they're playing three games each international break now. It's normally two. Correct mm, me if I'm wrong, right? Yeah. Why? Because it's like playing- it's like a friendly and two competitive, wasn't it? I think the last round, anyway. But UEFA Nations League should is not really no one cares. Mm, it's it's, a, it's a glorified friendly. It's a glorified. Mm. Friendly. That's all it is. It's a glorified friendly. Mm. Yeah, well, I agree with you. Postpone it till the Euros. No one gives a shit. Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> not like anyone in power will ever hear this, but it's dumb if you do. Mm. Okay, mm. final game. Of match day eight, my favorite, well, second favorite game of match day eight. And we're going to get back to my Grand Slam very shortly. But first, I want to start with some great news. It is Arsenal. They lost 3-0 to Aston Villa, which was phenomenal. But in the feel-good story of the week, Gunnar Soros is back at the Emirates. It's good to see. You're happy about it? Good to see. Yeah, well, he should never have gone in the first place. It was it wasn't a good look. It didn't make much sense. Um, don't know how much money they would have been saving, but well, actually, I, I guess the, the cold-hearted objectiveness you do kind of see the point. You know, there's no fans in the stadium. Why should we have a mascot? But a bit of heart shows and a bit of common sense shows it's probably not the best idea. So yeah, happy he's back. Long live the old Gunnosaurus, mate. Um, hopefully, he'll be cheering on the fans back in the stadium soon as well. Would you rather have Gunnar Soros be a permanent fixture for the rest of time at Arsenal, never have this debacle even happen, or Thomas Party? Asking the tough questions right now, right? I'd rather have Thomas Partey. Wow. Wow. You're cold-hearted, man. You're mm. cold-hearted. Well, no, no offense to Gunnar Soros, but he's not making them better on the pitch. And that's no, all I not. really care about. But it's... uh. I don't know. You're just going to finish another Europa League spot with Thomas Party. Gunnar Soros is be there forever, but I don't know. not in your eyes. Miz can pay for him. Yeah, he could. He could pay for him for probably the rest of time. Yeah, let's give him a week's wages, and he'll be done for ten years. Yeah, he'll be good to go. Um, okay, I'm going to start off with a stat. Then I want to hear a little bit about how you think Arsenal did, and a little, you know, going forward, how you think they're going to do. Especially after you hear this stat. So, um, there's there's two statistics. The first one, Arsenal's nine goals in eight Premier League games is their lowest tally at this stage of the season for 22 years. How does that make you feel? Because this next one's going to make you feel worse. It makes me feel sad. Oh, poor guy. Mm. But deserved because they look like they don't look good. All right, my next stat for Arsenal. Arsenal have failed to score a goal from open play in the last four games. Is this the real Mikel Arteta effect? It's not a, not a, not a good stat, especially after last week when I'm saying our bloody culture and meaning is attacking football. Um, yeah. So that shows how much I know, but 
but I, I still do believe that's what the, the culture of the club is that Arsenal Wenger built, built. So I'm not going to backtrack. I believe it, but yeah, it's not it's not looking great. I, 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 don't, I just don't know. I think obviously Arteta has switched it between you know sometimes three at the back into this sort of three five two, and then sometimes he has tried the four at the back, and it's just it just feels very feels very samey. Um, it feels like we, we try the same things over and over again. Obviously, we, we we keep trying to do the passing out from the back, which continues not to really work. Um, we just feel, and it's just the build up. It's just slow. It's not really what you want from the system. You know, but if, we, if we're taking it as a similarity to to Pep's Man City, they move the the ball quickly, even though they do a lot of passing, it's it's quick and it's it feels like there, you know, there's a purpose behind it. Well what, when we do it, it feels very sluggish. They the other team get eleven men behind the ball while we're dilly dallying at the back and then we play it sideways, play it sideways, you know, try and get in the middle and it, we kind of do the same thing. We try to get it down to the wing backs at the bylines, cross it back to someone. So it does feel quite samey and I think that's probably the the problem. It just we don't seem to have too many ideas outside of that. There doesn't seem to be too much improvisation going on. Um and we don't seem to have too, too many leaders on the pitch. The Bamiyang has gone. I think he's had two shots on target all season, not something outrageous. So, um, oh that show that shows the mag- the magnitude of the situation. Him playing out the left probably isn't where where we need him. We probably need him up front. But he's, I think Arteta's trying to fit in his his players. Um, so yeah, it's it's just been it's just been strange. I don't know if it's the system or just the players aren't good enough. It's probably a bit of both, to be honest. Um, I think our defences, apart from the Aston Villa, I think obviously Partey, I think we definitely saw the difference of that Arsenal have, even the small difference of um, since Partey's been here that we did, even though he didn't he didn't play particularly well in the first half, first half I must admit, but he did say he felt an injury after about six or seven minutes. Um, but once he did go off, we did feel a lot more open. And then the, the second two goals, you know, Grealish for one of them just runs about 60 yards without anyone getting near. And I think with Partey on the pitch, that could be a bit different, but... I'm not going to take anything away from Aston Villa. I thought they played really well. Um, they seem to play their best football against the bigger teams, which is which is quite impressive. Um, yeah. I don't know if actually we can class ourselves with down in 11th at the moment, but um, <laughs> they played really well. And like you said, I think this is probably what you're going to say, that their midfield is, is fan, has been fantastic and Barkley's been a good pickup on loan. Grealish just keeps going from strength to strength. And Watkins looks like a really nice buy from uh, from Brentford. He's come in. Premier League hasn't looked too big for him. He scores the hat trick. He's got another goal, another two at the Emirates. So Aston Villa are a different team than the we than when we started this podcast in uh, what was it June? I think we started. Yeah, yeah it's very... only been five months, and they've they've changed themselves around. They're in sixth in the Premier League. So with a game in hand as well, they could go. They could go well, nearly top if they win that game in hand. So Aston Villa are doing well. I think I feel more optimistic optimistic about Aston Villa than I do about Everton in their in their relative. Um, thresholds of talent so um, yeah kudos to Aston Villa we just look crap for all the reasons I mentioned but Aston Villa exploited it and played really well yeah I would have paid good money well first of all when uh, when Hens a recurring guest of ours Alex Hensman listened mm. to the podcast and here's those stats I'd pay good money to see the look on his face as well as our good friend Dan Agnew I'd love to see they're that. not going to be happy Mm. No, and they're not, and I can't wait for them to hear this because, uh, dude, I just love talking shit. Also, <laughs> I'd love to see the look on their faces when Ollie Watkins bagged that brace. That's what I really want to see. So next time, maybe next time Arsenal play, I'm going to FaceTime, FaceTime y'all just so I can see the look in y'all's face when y'all fail to score 
or yeah, fail to score from open play again, whoever you play next, because I guarantee you will guarantee that's going to happen and fail. You know, obviously you're not going to win. So I, I'm going to FaceTime y'all next time Arsenal plays. And yeah, I just want to see the looks on their faces. So shout out Dan, shout out hens. That, that little segment right there was for y'all and Arsenal. <laughs> okay. My grand slam. Oh Sorry, yes. Go ahead. No, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say, you know, you sound very happy to to slam, slam which is fair enough. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm very happy because uh, mm. after the abuse I got during, during you know, <laughs> after facetiming all about our game, yeah, mm. I'm I'm very happy to dish some back out. We beat the mighty. Yeah, Everton there was some, and y'all lost to Aston Villa. There was. Yeah, there was some ribbing behind the scenes, which is fair enough. Touche. Karma yeah. comes back to bite you. But, Phil, I want to hear about this Grand Slam, mate. What are you talking about? Grand Slam. I might be batting 220 on the season, but my Grand Slam, my prediction from the beginning of the season was Aston Villa's midfield was going to absolutely ball out. And they have Douglas Louise, John McGinn, Ross Barkley, and Jack Relish. I'll classify him as midfield player, kind of plays out on the left wing, whatever. Yeah. Don't care. Don't do that. They have been absolutely balling out, and I'm loving every single minute of it. Because back at the beginning of the Premier League, you know, back when it started this season, 2021, I said this midfield is is one to watch out for. They're a very good midfield. It's a it's a team I like a lot. A dynamic. I think Douglas Luiz is a great player. Uh, Barkley on loan. You know, he used to ball out with Everton, Chelsea, a little quiet. John McGinn. Always rated John McGinn. Used to have been football manager, of course, because he's a great player. And Jack Relish, obviously. What more good things can you say about the guy? He is top class, bro. He is he is a very good player. I said at the beginning, this is going to be a team to watch out for, a midfield to watch out for. And I have proven everyone who gave me shit about that wrong. And I could not be happier. That's my grand slam of the season right there. Four players, four runs in a grand slam. Everything's just adding up right now. It's an awesome feeling to be right about something for once in your life. Mm. Yeah, well, fair play to you, mate. Um, yeah, you, you hit that out of the park. You did get that grand slam. You know, two outs, bottom of the ninth, you hit the grand slam to win the game. You know, you've, you've walked off there. So, yeah, fair play to you. Um, there was a, I think there was a goal in the – well, it was a goal in the after game. I think it was Ollie Watkins first when it was the beautiful crossfield ball from Douglas Louise into Barkley, you know, the edge of the edge of the – Left right hand side of the box, he has a first time cross into the box, and Ollie Watkins is there to, to header it past, and it showed the quality there. So, yeah, fair play, mate. Unfortunately, I think it's probably the epiphany that you remember that you said this when let's put it to get put put it together against stars, of course. So, yeah, fair play, mate. Well done. You can you'll take that for the season. I will. I'm too smart for this podcast. Clearly, I'm gonna move on. <laughs> Well, I believe that's everything we've got to talk about for the day. We're about an hour in, so we are. Unless, unless you've got anything else interesting you want to bring up, that's. Uh, I'm sure we missed something big that happened this weekend, but it doesn't matter because we we can't cover everything. We're busy guys. We've got busy schedules. Both work. That's very true. <laughs> yeah. No, unfortunately, I think it's always it's always it's always tricky to relive the weekend's events when your team has played rubbish. I think you know you felt this felt this a mere week ago so yeah yeah not much else to say international break is always a little respite we step away from football grand prix racing is back next weekend turkish grand prix you know me phil big f1 fan so looking forward to that 
can recharge the batteries football-wise, come back excited, forget about the Arsenal, think we're sick again, and be disappointed all over again. So I'm looking forward to it. Before we go... Long live Arsenal. Before we go, predictions for the Grand Prix. Doesn't predictions for the Grand Prix. Yeah, no one's going to care about our Grand Prix predictions because this is a football podcast, but okay. predictions. Winner. Just tell me the well, winner, other than Lewis Hamilton. I, well, I, I don't get to get, talk about football very often, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk for about 30 seconds, but I'm going to give you what I want to happen. Okay, okay. situation. Lewis Hamilton can win the, win the Formula One World Championship this weekend. All he has to do is finish second. Bottas has to win the race. But Bottas can take it to an extra round, so Lewis can't win the, the World Championship this weekend if he also gets the fastest lap. Ooh. So what it could be, it could be two Mercedes, one and two at, at the end of the race. And if Bottas is leading, if he gets the fastest lap, the championship goes to another round. But if Lewis gets the fastest lap, he wins the world championship. So I kind of kind of want to hope I can have chaos behind, but the two Mercedes kind of drive off into the distance to you know battle it out, and it comes down to the last lap, fastest lap for the championship. That's what I want to happen. That would be sick. Um, I want Daniel Ricciardo to win, and the two racing points to finish second and third doesn't matter which order. Well, that would be a crazy race, so I'm, I'm up for that as well. Will never happen, but yeah. Okay. Not with that's that attitude. Enough. Yeah, of course. Poor attitude, Phil. That's what I am. Uh, <laughs> that's enough. That's enough. Grand Prix speak, F1 speak. Mm. James, let's go ahead and sign us off. Thank you very much, Philip. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the, the rambling ramblings of two nitwits. We're taking a little break for the international, so uh, we hope you don't watch it. We hope you... Do other things because international football is rubbish. Yeah, we'll come back for a bit of Premier down. League. Exactly. And we'll come back for the proper stuff, the Premier League, in two weeks' time. So thank you, Phil, once again. And remember, everyone, goals don't move. Mm-hmm.